triumph in the trap. This is a dog. <laughs> Do you believe in miracles? Hey, I play chess, but only in 4D. I'm by myself, but they think I'm 4D. When they see me online, they think they know me. Go ahead, like and subscribe. You gotta show me. I applied pressure and they tried to reject it. Clearly, ain't see I was a diamond, so they didn't accept it. Told me I was a failure, so I said, F it. Might even start my own school and teach them a lesson. Yeah, I'ma call it South Harmon. Huh. Fly down south and get the south popping. <laughs> One day, I'ma give you a walkthrough and introduce you to this walk too. <laughs> I know you lost, that's just dynasty talk Cause you can't start no franchise without no dynasty talk I took a break from the game, they throw my dynasty stop Till I came back like Wimbyama, I feel like Coach Pop I can't say that I'm the GOAT, cause you ain't gonna agree But if I own my own farm, I can make the GOAT Me, the ladies love the beard, and they used to love the goatee That's when I was a lamb, burning music on CDs I wasn't born in 88 December 87, I was 16 days away Might fly to Dallas, why not? I just got paid today When I land this dirt statue, I came to fade away Check the timeline for the stories and the play-by-play My life a Patreon link, you gotta pay to play I worked 16 hours, boy, that's an 8 and 8 X-Factor like Dez Bryant, my boy 88 Why dream light when you living like a heavyweight? This ain't a one-week thing, we grind like every day They know my destination, Devi, like I I hang with Ray. If they ain't know my name, I bet they know my name today. Treat this mic like an ATM, let's make a trade today. Drop, drop this on Fizzle Friday, cause that's my favorite day. And I'm gonna do it my way, cause that's my favorite way. They tried to put me on the shelf like I'm layaway. Told me it ain't no way, so I made a way. Huh? Welcome to South Harmon, I'm glad you're here today. Welcome to South Harm and I'm glad you here today. I'm glad you here today. Welcome to South Harm and I'm glad you here today. I'm glad you here today. Hit that Patreon link if you here to stay. Huh? Treat this mic like an ATM, let's make a trade today. <laughs> Welcome back in, everybody, to another edition of the South Harmon Spotlight. Proud to bring to you episode six. I can't believe I got six of these. This kind of started off as a, a pet project where I wanted to uh, to get in the space and actually talk to content creators and people in the fantasy industry and find out about them and what makes them tick. And I can't believe here we are at episode six, and I'm really proud to present Derek Brown of Fantasy Pros. D-Bro, you know him. He's joining me today on the South Harmon Spotlight. So first and foremost, what is up, Derek? How are you doing, buddy? My dude, man. And you know, I got a special place in my heart, man. I love what you and Mike are doing. I, I, I or I, excuse me, Adam is doing. Like what y'all are doing over at South Harmon. A lot of love, a lot of respect to what the hell y'all are doing, man. So first, that shout out. And man, when you reached out and asked me to come on here, I mean, I was just like, okay, cool. I mean, we're just gonna shoot the <laughs> shit and sit here and and talk ball and talk talk life dude i mean there's no way in hell i was gonna sit here and turn that down man come on oh man you are uh you're an absolute legend in the space you're an even better person and for people who uh 
for people who think it's all just a, a facade, right? Like like public Derek versus oh, private Derek. Yeah. I'm here to tell you at the Fantasy Expo, I could say they're the same person. <laughs> the, the, people don't believe that though, dude. People are like, ah, it's just he he ramps things up to eleven, or he's loud. It's like, dude, I'm loud all the time. <laughs> yes. Like, ask anybody that knows me. Like, this is not like any kind of like bullshit, no caricature, like. I, for lack of a better way of putting it, dude, I'm gonna be me. I've always been me, and people like I might not be your, you know, favorite flavor, and that's fine. That's all good, man. Lots of flavors all to right. choose from out there, but I'm not gonna sit here and like succeed or fail. I'm gonna be me. I don't know what else to do, man. You do a great job of it too. Hardest, one of the hardest working guys I probably know in the entire space. <sighs> I know, we were just talking about before we got on air too, just how much work actually goes into being a, a fantasy analyst. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this isn't to toot our own horns, but I don't need any flowers. I don't need any props. Just understand that uh, I don't just get on the mic and spit. I don't get on behind the camera. You know, that article that you see that came out, that took a shit ton of work, <laughs> the prep, everything else. Yep. We do a lot of stuff behind the scenes. It's not fun. <laughs> Right. I talk with Adam all the time. I'm like, you don't understand how much I hate doing bookkeeping. Running your own company is great. No, but uh, being the bookkeeper is the worst thing in the entire world. I hate it. (laughs) Oh, dude. And that's and and that's the thing, man. It's like everybody wants to do fantasy football content. Everybody wants to be a content creator. And whether that's like just fantasy, whether that's football, whether that's NFL or you're gaming streaming you're doing esports i don't care whatever it's like people don't understand the amount of work that goes into not only what we do but people as content creators like i could sit here and wax poetic dude like for the next 45 minutes about like okay um i missed uh i was not i was unable to write the primer um in week one because i had covid and did that stop me from like sitting at my desk and researching every single game whenever like I was good enough to like not be in the bed for 24 right. hours a day? Like so I could have the ability to talk about all these games uh, when I felt better later in the week? Yes. The last two weeks for the primer when I've written it, like I've pulled all nighters like both of those weeks, um, which people do not go watch those YouTube shows um, for for start and sit. <laughs> uh and and watch back like really really closely because both of those shows i was up for over 30 to 36 hours straight so i'm just trying to keep my eyes open and not look like crazy tired i was like all right let's talk (laughs) (laughs) like i mean but that's what goes into it man and we put a lot of work into this stuff man because it's not just bs it's not just smoke and mirrors it's not just talking to talk like I do care about what I put out in the space and it really freaking matters to me. Like I'm trying to put my best foot forward and do that by putting in the work and putting in the time man. just like you and Adam, like that, this is what we're doing. And I'm not sitting here telling everybody all of this, just like, I don't need sympathy. I don't need a pat on the back. I'm just giving people the real, I'm just trying to keep it 100 here and like tell people like really how the sausage is made and what goes into doing this. Yeah, the behind the scenes is definitely different than what you see on camera, on oh, yeah. paper. It, it's it's very different, very different. So, Derek, what we do here on the South Armor Spotlight is we just try to figure out about you and you and what makes you tick and how do you even get into the fantasy space. So think way back. 
How did you even get into fantasy football or fantasy sports in general? Like, what was your first league? What was your first introduction to it? Um, so shout out to my brother-in-law. Um, uh, my brother-in-law, John, got me into my first uh, league ever. And it was with uh, a few buddies from high school and stuff like that. And I still remember being like, what is this? <laughs> and I got into it. And I I'll never forget because it will go down. The, the the trades that I made and the pickups that I did and all that kind of stuff that first year was it was gloriously bad. Um, I still remember and I'll I will I will always remember that first year in a league because I drafted Doug Martin in his rookie season. The muscle and I, hamster. And I traded him away in midseason for like I don't need like pennies. Like I think it was like Justin Hunter and somebody else. Like it was no. like it was so bad, dude. <laughs> And I'm watching, and the guy that I traded him to um, was uh, a guy I went to high school with, and he just buried me, just like, just talk crap to me the rest of the year as Doug Martin went on this like league winning stretch yep. run in that year. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, and I think Justin Hunter got, either got hurt or got cut or something like that. And I was just like, ugh. And, and he's like, <laughs> You came to me for nothing. It was like, I will never forget that first year playing fantasy. But, dude, that's like, that's everything. It's like, I can tell you the first Dynasty Leagues I was in. Like, when I first started even trying to understand what Dynasty was and right. doing content and and getting into those leagues. Like, I could tell you some of the most horrible trades that I've ever made were in those first few leagues. Like, oh, oh all right, all right. We're, we're, this is a safe space, right, Adam? All right, Mike, Mike, yeah, we get yeah. this safe space, and I'm so tired right now. I'm keep messing up your freaking name, dude. It, it, um, is, I'm it is very I'm safe. I'm eventually gonna get get on track here. But first dynasty league, one of the first ever startups I did. I made a trade, and this is again where I'm airing dirty laundry. And we're 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 being real here. I traded Todd Gurley, and uh, I think it was a first round pick of for next year. And this is right after Gurley had had like the two like eh. this is right this is the year that he went off, but he was in the off season. So I traded Gurley in a first round pick the next year. Oh, man, this is painful. <laughs> I traded him for Sammy Watkins and Amir Abdullah, and I never heard the end of it. Like yes, oh dude, well, it was so bad. It was so hey. bad. But hey, I'm just keeping it 100, man. Like. I, I was never I able that that's probably the worst trade I've ever made in like just period oh, yeah. to where I will never be able to live that down. But I mean, it is what it is, man. It's just to show that like you got to start somewhere and you got to start making trades. And like, that's the only way you're going to get better at doing it yes. in dynasty is by getting out there and putting your neck out there. And sometimes so, being like, Oh, that's not great. To, to make you feel better, one of the first oh, dynasty trades. Oh, please make trades, me feel better because I feel like I'm hurting right now. <laughs> one of the first dynasty trades I ever made, I took over an orphan. You know, I didn't okay. I didn't do a startup. I took over an orphan team. You took over an orphan for right. one of your first leagues? Very first Well, one. you you are a sicko, man. Right. Took over an orphan team and, uh, you know, I just wanted it to be my own. I traded away Austin Eckler for a third round pick. No! <laughs> <laughs> Here we are this five is, years this later. Is, this still is a safe space, me. okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have made that. I was, we were talking about it was a safe space. You didn't make any noises when I talked about my bad one. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Uh, you got me You got me feeling right, real good when you brought Woo. up Justin Hunter, too, because I had an affinity for him back in redraft. Oh, dude, leagues, I was keeper leagues. I was I obsessed, he was be man. I was like, 
yeah. athleticism. I was like, yeah, man, he could be the dude. Yeah. He was he was not a dude. He was um, never the dude. <laughs> he was never he was never a dude. He was the definition of uh, you know, the, the guy who who you thought was going to be a stud. He looked like a stud. He'd even look like a stud in the preseason. And then you get to the real games and it'd be like why aren't you playing? <laughs> Why aren't you doing anything? No, so Why he's this year's Jason Brownlee. You? Okay, got it. Yep, pretty much. Yeah. Except for with better draft capital and more hype because he went to a big school. Yep, that's fair. That's yep. fair. Nice that you traded away Doug Martin, though, in your first uh, your first league. I mean, I, I was out there just making all kinds of glorious trades, dude. You can't make this kind of stuff up, man. It's just real. I remember selling uh, Willie Parker for uh, for Michael Vick. In a one QB. Oh jeez. And uh, yeah, it was right right before the uh, the the bad part of Michael Vick happened. <laughs> yeah. Was like, oh, Willie no. Parker was the truth there for was, for two to was. three seasons, man. He was good. I've had those. I invested far too much capital in Matt Jones. Now Matt Jones, the Arkansas quarterback. Oh, slash the, wide the quarterback slash wide receiver. Yeah. Oh, he 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 loved the uh, the powdered sugar. You know, eventually. Yeah. Him and Jim say both. Yep, they both they both love that, but the difference is one of them owns the team, the other one. You know. Yeah, we, you know, Satan's nose candy. What can you say? Satan's nose candy. <laughs> so we talked about some shitty ones that you made. Do, do you have any that stuck out? Like any calls early in those Ooh. days where you're like, ah, oh. you whether you got lucky or not, but like who who was a, a guy that you pounded the table for that you ended up getting through trade, drafting, whatever that paid off? Um. One of the first years that I was doing rookie content or just looking at, um, I, I'll never forget one of the the episodes when I first got into the podcasting game. Um, my former co-host and I, uh, shout out Willie Lovato. I love that man. We still talked to this day. Um, it, it, we, we did a show with Matt Waldman uh, way back in the day. And that year it was... Uh, Cooper Cup's rookie season and George Kittle's second season in the league. And I scooped up both of those dudes everywhere. Like firmly believed in Cooper Cup. Like I was like, you don't. And it, it's funny, man, because like as we, you, you, you get deeper into the recesses of doing dynasty and content and stuff, it's, it's funny to see how, like when you look back, how your process has evolved over time and whether that's just like more experience, better data, different process. Like back then, like I couldn't tell you what yards per route run was. I couldn't even like, I didn't even know how to watch film, you know, or, and and I'm still like, I mean, like, look, like I'm not going to tell you that I know ball as well as like all these like former, you know, uh, professional players, whatever, and stuff like that. But I try to marry all that stuff together, but it's funny when you look back on like, how far like your process has come or how different it is. But I remember doing that show way back when, and I was over the moon for George Kittle and I was over the moon for Cooper cup and two guys that I just had everywhere. Cause I was like, situation is ripe. And this is back when, um, Oh man, you, you see, you're old enough to remember all these narratives, man. It's like, oh, yeah. Well, Kyle Shanahan never uses his tight ends, man. Like he doesn't right. use tight ends. George Kittle will never do anything. Cooper Cup is just like small school, whatever. Like he's he's old, he's slow, he's not gonna do anything. And I was just like, ah, oh, man, these guys can ball. Like, and now it's it's just funny to kind of look back on stuff and like how all of that's kind of evolved. Um, the more years I've done this, 
Kittle was an interesting one. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you see, he's on a he's on my poster back here, right? Being an Iowa fan like I am, he was an interesting one too. Because when he was coming out, even out of Iowa, we didn't really have this reputation. Like we put out good tight ends. Um, you know, it wasn't out, tight in you like it no, is now, no. baby. We'd put out uh, we'd put out like Dallas Clark. You know, that was probably the most yep. famous one in the early two thousands. Uh, Tony Moyaki had a few good years with Kansas City. Now you got uh, what Kittle Hawk. Fant and Sammy Ballgame. Am I Sammy missing anybody? Uh, yeah, uh, Luke. And Lachey. Sammy Ballgame could be the best one out of all of them, and I don't Luke, think that's crazy. Luke to say. Lachey was definitely on pace until uh, that horrible tackle a couple weeks ago that mm. fractured his ankle. So he looked really good, but we had like a Brandon Myers mixed in, a Scott Chandler, like some of these guys. Brandon Myers, mm-hmm. I remember, played for the Raiders for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty, pretty successful. But when George Kittle was coming out, you know, fifth round pick, nobody really cared. He didn't really do a whole lot at Iowa. Like the only thing I could really remember about Kittle is I believe he had a pretty long catch and run versus Ohio State, like a a pretty long one, and that was that was about the most I could give you out of George Kittle. Right? He, he mm-hmm. looked athletic, but he was like, ah, oh, he's too small. But you had that whole corollary, which was interesting with George Kittle going in because he was drafted at the same time C.J. Beathard was. Mm-hmm. And Beathard was actually making some noise about starting. Think about the the early Shanahan days. We think of the 49ers yep. now, but the early Shanahan days <coughs> with the 49ers was disgusting. <laughs> like it was, yep. uh, it was C.J. Beathard. We had a Nick Mullins. It was experience. Nick Mullins. <laughs> it was. We had some horrible ooh, quarterback play. <laughs> hey, a lot, lot of wolf going on there. And then you know, then the, yeah. then we got the Jimmy Garoppolo experience. So, well, shout out to you for taking a, a fifth round tight end and putting your stamp of approval on them just off of traits or whatever whatever data you found way back when that that was like hey george kittle's gonna be that dude because even i being an iowa fan could have never called that one it's like oh nice he got drafted <laughs> good for him <laughs> oh man hey I, I mean look it and the funny thing is i'd still be in on george kittle if it was today um just elite athleticism it breeds elite upside at tight end love it. if you if you don't if you're not an elite athlete or you don't even can't even check the box, like for tight ends, like I don't care. Like if you can't run the, the correlation is so strong. If you can't run a four, seven or below, like if you're running the four eights, nah, I don't even care about you at tight end. If, if but if you run the four sevens, you got a shot. I mean, think about it though. Like Kittle, his best year at Iowa last year, senior year, 22 catches, 314 yards. Wow. <laughs> I mean, like, like what a part, what about those counting stats? Would you look at and go, damn, <laughs> this I mean, what who invested a fifth round NFL no, tight end. You're right. And then, and then you look at also like the fact of like is draft capital, all the narratives. And I think like going into that, yeah. uh, he wasn't even projected to be the, the starter following the next season. Like he had a good, like little stretch run, I think in his rookie season, yep. if I'm remembering yep. correctly, yep. but like, there's still not a lot there if you like you're talking about like George Kittle. I guess like the most like when I look back on it, it was a combination of athleticism and then in small samples, you did see like like my process now, if I would have like like retroactively fit that on a George Kittle, there's a lot onto his like deeper metrics, like his 1.91 yards per route run as a collegiate athlete is fantastic like that is absolutely just otherworldly so like there are parts of pieces like marrying that plus his athleticism 
to where I can even go back and say, I would if he'd have come out this year, I'd still would have been on him. But I can't say that about every player. There's a lot of players that like it's funny, like even like two, three years ago, where I would be like, I don't know with the way that I break down prospects now, if I would be as high as I was on say Cam Akers or David Montgomery or uh, just a litany of other players where I'm just like, I, I think my takes now, if I could go back in time would be very, very different. It's so crazy to think about too, with the kiddo. And I was just looking at San Francisco in 2017, who was on that roster and some of the names oh, of the players. It is. You're like, Whoa. it's rough city, baby. <laughs> it is rough. Marquise Goodwin was their wide receiver one. I think going into that yep. next year. That was yeah. crazy. Um, yeah, it was not good. <clears throat> Pierre Garçon on that team. Trent Taylor. Remember the Trent Taylor? Oh, experience? dude, I remember. Hey, time. I got a lot of love for Trent Taylor, okay? Shout out Trent Taylor. That <laughs> that dude comes – he's from my backyard uh, going uh, from Louisiana Tech. So I still will stand Trent Taylor to this day. We, we had some, some, uh, some Carlos Hyde. Those were the heydays. Oh, the Carlos good. Hyde year where he caught a bunch of passes and then everybody's like, look, he is a receiving back. And the rest of the NFL <laughs> yep. said – you're receiving back no. not really matt breeda back on the, those days uh raheem oh, moster was just an afterthought and here he is scoring oh four touchdowns and- dude speaking of i was i have always been and the takes are still out there i have been a old school raheem truther let's go since like d- there are probably tweets out there from 2018 2019 where i was like i think it was the year that like I th- carlos high got hurt maybe in training camp, one of the training camp years, somebody got hurt. Maybe it was Jarrett McKinnon. And I was like, it's Raheem. It's Raheem the dream, baby. Like, there Let's are go. takes that are still out there in, in, the, in the, the stratosphere of my my OG uh, Mostert truther status. <laughs> the, the following year, then, like, he didn't even really get the whole lot of opportunity, right? They, they, Matt Breida took over when Carlos Hyde was gone. Alfred Morris, they brought him back in, you know, to yep. relive the old... Uh, the, the old redskin days with oh, RG3 Shane. and Shanahan. So crazy to think. I've always liked Raheem Oster too. He started out on the Eagles. Did you know that? He, he mm-hmm. For two years. Couldn't couldn't really cack it. Every time you see him in the preseason, though, he looks oh, so he was damn. He was like a god in the preseason, dude. He, he, he was, was an all-star. He was amazing in the preseason. And then uh, the Eagles just let him go. <laughs> here we Tough are. Scene. Still out here doing stuff years later. Man. Tough one. No, I like that George Kittle call, especially the the correlation with me being from Iowa. And, you know, listen, you've probably been outside of me, uh, just in uh, in terms of years, <laughs> the biggest Sam Laporta truther there has been. Dude, the biggest one. You got to believe in Sammy Ballgame. Like, if you don't believe in Sammy Ballgame, what are we doing here? Like, <sighs> I feel bad. Because dude's just was... he's just like he's just out there just body like body bagging all these yeah. like takes about rookie titans cannot do anything and then sam laporte right. is like stiff arm like whatever baby <laughs> i got it. it i feel bad too Derek, because i i did this thing right i love Uh-oh. sam laporta coming out right mm-hmm. you know i've loved him for years i'm, I'm out here telling ray Were you shaking years. did you get did you get pushed off your love well, I, I was I was years Uh-oh. ago. I'm telling Ray to check out Sam Laporta and oh, how I good he is. Yeah. Right, uh-huh. I'm telling him, and I gotta like beg him to do it. Right, and he still <laughs> he still never did. Right, <laughs> then we get to this draft cycle. Sam Laporta's getting draft buzz, has a good combine, gets a draft capital. I'm like, I told y'all, I told y'all, Sam Sam Laporta. Now I thought he was still gonna be the under the radar guy, and I think this is probably your fault. Yeah, it's it, my fault probably. 
At uh. some point, Sam Laporta got pushed up into the top 10 of Dynasty tight ends, like before doing anything, right? And I'm going, listen, man, I love Sam Laporta, but if I you're going to give me tight end six, if you're going to give me top 10 fucking prices on Sam Laporta, I'll ship your ass out just on a process play. I... And, he, and here we are. Like I was telling people for months, man, you know, just sell Sam Laporta. I love him, but sell him. Like if they're going to give you these prices, sell them. And here we are three weeks into the season and I'm going, fuck. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like I'm in a weird spot because I'm I jumping. I done messed up. I done messed up. I'm jumping back on the train. <laughs> he, he's tight end three now. Let's go. Kelsey, Andrews, Sam Laporta. I, I mean, don't give a fuck about though, any like, of the rest of them. Like, would you take Sam Laporta or Kyle Pitts? Like, for me, oh, it's, Sam it's, Laporta. Easy, it's easy Sammy Ballgame, dude. Sammy Ballgame all day, though. Yeah. But that would have been a controversial, like... Yes. It, it, it's really funny. Like, uh, we're talking about trades. In um in, in in a Dynasty League, I actually made a trade for... I traded away Kyle Pitts for a late first and something else. I forget what else the other change was. But it was basically I traded Kyle Pitts for Sam Laporta and something else. And now, like, the, Twitter would have buried me yep. for that trade. Yep. Like, preseason? Yep. Ain't nobody burying that trade nowadays, baby. Nope. <laughs> nope. Sammy Ballgame, man. I love it. I love Sam Laporta. And I'm telling you, if you like Iowa tight ends, you know, just come to me. I'll let you know who the next one was. Uh, you, you don't tell, give, me, give me the goods right now, then. Who, who's, who's the next one? Luke Lachey will be that guy. We'll have to okay. see how he recovers from this ankle injury. You ain't going to see him for the rest of the season because uh, we had one of those tackles where they jump on your back and, like, whip oh, you around and drag yeah. you down. And, and then your your joints yeah. are, like, the you're, same you're basically, thing like, good luck. Yeah. The same thing that happened to Tony Pollard at the end of last season. Yeah. That, that kind of tackle. So that's what happened to him. So he's out for the rest of the year. So not good. It's okay. Put but him in bubble he, wrap. He was he was definitely on pace. He's he's kind of that next guy now. A little bit different, more in the uh, the Luke Musgrave kind of kind of role than this uh, George Kittle Sam Laporta mold. So, mm-hmm. but he's that next dude. So it'll be interesting to Sweet. see. Oh, I love. We could share love on Sam Laporta, and I get to out myself as a fraud because I doubted him for a second. <laughs> hey, man, look. I, 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 we said this before we turned on the mics and the cameras. But you, you cannot enjoy the W's if you're not willing to sit here and eat the L's as yeah. well. And I'm not saying it's a it's a big one, but I mean the other thing about it is like I think that's another thing, like a bigger talking point, uh, just about like in this space right now. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, here, Mike, but like there's such an echo chamber in just fantasy football content and stuff that like if you don't follow a lot of the echo chamber on narratives or players or player analysis or player takes that the consensus will try to just bury you on stuff or you constantly feel like you're fighting uphill. And that's where I think like a lot of people will look at my, like some of the things that I put out into the space and it's just like, look, man, like, I, I get that consensus can feel a certain way about a player and there are times where I'm going to be with consensus and there's times where I'm going to be standing and opposed to consensus. And if I'm right, I'm right. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I'm going to sit here and rest on my process and whether right or wrong, like it's not me putting out takes and, and for everybody else out there, like don't be scared to sit here and stand opposed to consensus. It's okay. If you're Jon Snow, you're, you're unsheathing the sword and you see the galloping horde coming at you. Right. That's okay. Like 
if you're if you feel good about your process, you know, whether it's this year, multiple years, and you feel like your process is sound, like it's it's there's been fruit that's been bared because of it, then stand by it, man. Like, don't let people push you off of takes. And I'm not saying this just to Mike, but like everybody out there, man, like it's just because that echo chamber and consensus can get very, very loud. And people are like, well, Derek, you're very, very loud too. Well, it's like, well, sometimes you got to kick it up to 11 for right. people to hear you versus that consensus. And, and people only really <laughs> care about your else, right? Yes. Like, yes. You, you can have the greatest Sam Laporta take in the world and you look like a genius now. Nobody oh, remembers well, that shit. Pe- people are still trolling me for my Tristan Ebner takes. And I was like, <laughs> fine like i'm so sorry about the fourth round pick and rookie drafts that you 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 got tristan ebner i'm so horribly like i i'm despondent about the last round pick of your redraft leagues right. that you you tried to get tristan ebner as a flyer i'm so I, I i'm sorry i'm so sorry that that buried your teams you know like these are low hit like probability hits for a lot of these guys like Right. I'm not telling, and I never told anybody even out there, but that context never hits the airwaves. Like, no. Did I ever tell anybody to draft, like, said player in the second round of a rookie draft? No. Did I tell him to take, like, for you to take him in the sixth round of a redraft league? No. But, like, what I'm trying to illuminate to people is that, like, the process is there. Like, there are players that come out of the woodwork and hit. Correct. So... I'm sorry. Like you control me for all of these takes all you want to. If that's what your goal is on every single day, have at it. Like I, I whatever. That's yep. fine. But I'm going to still keep putting the takes out and I'm still going to follow my process and sometimes it's right and sometimes it's wrong. And I'm just like where's my I hear my dog like underneath my feet like <laughs> shaking off and I'm like like what are you doing? This is also one of those things too. Yeah. Like I'll give you I'll give you your flowers on Puka Nakua. Right? Oh, you come out, my boy, baby. You, you come out with the uh, with the rankings, right? We're ranking the wide receiver class. Everybody does this shit. Rookie ranks, and uh, I want to say you had him at five or six overall. I did. I had him as uh, pre-draft. I had Puka Nakua as my wide receiver five. Um, I had him in if if I'm remembering this right. I had him tier three with Josh Downs. Um, and we're looking at it, we're looking at it like this is me from an outsider. And this is where we talk about uh, perception and consensus. Like I need to pay mm-hmm. attention to consensus and perception because in Dynasty, for me, what I play majority of, that determines market, right? In terms of market and league, yep. ADP, everything, okay? But you look at it and, and let's just dissect this. Whether it's Pukunaku or whether it's some other wide receiver, doesn't matter, player mm-hmm. X. You come out with it and you say pre-draft, this wide receiver is is number five, top five. Yep. Consensus, people like me are going to look at it and go, Jesus, <laughs> that's awfully fucking high. We get the draft yep. process and you go, listen, on talent pre-draft, he was still number five. Now, yep. here's what we need to keep in mind, just as a community. I can take the pieces of information that you put out pre-draft, why you had him so high, your defense mm-hmm. of that. I can also take what consensus is going to say that Puka Nakua, at best, I would have to spend a rookie fourth-round pick on. I know what consensus says. I know what ADP says. And listen, I can take maybe at the beginning of the fourth. I can trade back into the fourth. Mm -hmm. And I could be loaded up with 7,000 Puka Nakua shares. 
right? Mm-hmm. I got 7,000 dynasty teams. I could have them on every single fucking one. Yep. Derek, what happens if you're wrong? I lost a fourth-round rookie pick. Who gives exactly. a fuck? Exactly. If I'm right, I just walked into something that, even if I don't believe in a Puka Nakua long-term, you better believe I can go out and get a first-round draft pick everywhere. Oh, in you should every be able to trade him for a 24 first right now or a 25 first. I've, t- I've turned that, and I, and I have Puka in so many different leagues. Because the other thing about it is, that like, and, and, and I'll throw this out there, too. Be mindful, and, and shout out Ray G, be mindful of the content that you consume. Because there, I'm not going to say there are a lot, but there are, how do I, how do I phrase this? If I'm putting takes out there into the space, I am drafting these players. I am putting my money behind them in best ball or DFS or whatever. I'm not out there just throwing stuff against the wall and saying, Hey, do this. And if you were to sit here and I were to give everybody a hundred percent access to my leagues, am I doing this? You can't say that like for everybody, but I can tell people I am doing that. Like, yes. If you're hurting based off of a player take that I've gotten wrong, hey, guess what? I did it too. So <laughs> I'm hurting as well. So I understand where you're coming from. But the other side of this is I'm not out here telling you, okay, I had Puka Nakua as my wide receiver five pre-draft. I believe in him. I'm tweeting about him constantly. I want to like raise the awareness level on a rookie that I think is extremely freaking talented. If he'd have been healthy, if he'd have gone to an SEC school, then he would have been drafted in the third freaking round. Easy. Right. Easy. Or, it, I mean, and the other thing about him that people tried to shove him down because of his testing and stuff, and it's like, we we need to like also understand like around specifically around certain positions, how much testing matters and how much it doesn't on certain things. Right. And I'm a huge athleticism like matters type of, of uh, you know, as far as like how I approach it. But we also do need to be mindful of the position that you're talking about and what kind of context that is in like running backs. Yes, you need to have really good short area agility. Um, if you don't, you need to be able to break tackles extremely well. Right. I mean, what do we want? I mean, in the best of both worlds, we want all of that in one said package. You need to be above 210, 215 pounds in a lot of different instances. Like but, there are but benchmarks. Not everybody's going to look like Saquon no, Barkley. No, right? exactly. <laughs> but like, can you hit the benchmarks? If yep. you were to talk about tight ends, that is the most heavily correlated position in fantasy to athleticism if you are not an elite athlete you attaining elite upside in fantasy at the tight end position good luck it's probably not going to happen the chances of you getting a zach Ertz type of run out is probably not going to happen you know so am i going to still take a lot of shots on the the elite uber athletes damn right going to you know and i'm going to fade the guys that run the four eights and things like that yes because nine times out of ten that's going to sit here and, and bear out as like good process but this all like this long soliloquy I'm giving is when we look at wide receivers, there are other things to quantify outside of just how well they test. Can't is there nuance to routes? Does he understand how to get open? These things matter, and what kind of production these players have had? Like these things matter. Like where you can't just say he runs a four three, he's going to be awesome. 
you know, things like that. Because the laundry list of guys that run a 4-3 and end up not doing anything. I mean, we could talk about John Ross, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, all these different guys, and a lot of them with good, good draft capital, amazing draft capital. We can also talk about, like, there's a laundry list of guys with kind of, like, okay to eh testing that do really, really well as well. Like, the DeAndre Hopkins of the world. like it's a downright horrible was, Keenan was, Allen. Uh, or, or T. Higgins. Everybody yeah. faded him when he came out. You know, but, Keenan Allen, Cooper Cup what Puka's doing, like all these different parts or pieces. Like there are a lot of wide receivers that did not test as Uber athletes that understand it. It's whether uh, I'm going to say Brown, I'm going to say Brown, another guy out there. Yes. His short area was good, but like, is he a fast straight line guy? No, nope. you know? And like, this is to bear it out like over and over and time and time again, like we need to understand context and these players skill sets to, as we're evaluating their games and the other production metrics that come out there tank dell another one he he's debunking trends right now he's playing outside wide receiver in an nfl offense and we know his size and stuff and does his production profile look great as far as his breakout age and all these other things that we like pound the table for no it's not amazing but if you look at his production in college and you also stack this up christian watson's another guy we could bring up here you know it's like there are outliers at this position and we need to understand the context and how we evaluate that position out of all the other ones, especially when it comes to all of these things that we use and tying athleticism into that. If I'm going to take, say there's one position that I'm willing to not fade athleticism, but I'm more likely to say, okay, does it matter as much at running back and tight end? No, it doesn't. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. So let's think about I'll try to get this back on the rails, too. <laughs> we went on some long tangents. We do this all the time. Don't matter if it's on a podcast or we're chilling at the expo, you know, having a few uh, adult beverages to go on <laughs> super long tangents. All right. So th- that's how you got into the fantasy space. Let's think back then. You talked about it. You get into the fantasy mm-hmm. space. Then. At what point do you decide that you wanted to do content? At what point do you start to make that leap? Because it is a, you kind of got to talk yourself into it, right? Like it's a little bit of a, Mm. oh shit, people are actually going to see this. Whether it's 10 people or not, it's still a little bit of a, there's a little bit of fear that goes into it, right? Whether it's writing your first article, recording your first audio podcast, or heaven forbid you you put your ass on camera and you're like, oh boy, now we're opening up, uh, we're opening up the the jokesters. (laughs) Here we go. But how did you get into doing fantasy content? Um... See, there's six or seven. I'm trying to remember if it was 2016 or 2017 that I wrote my first article. Um, somewhere around there. But honestly, like, dude, I just kind of fell ass backwards into this. Um, uh, we moved. So backstory, just personal wise, we moved uh, to a brand new state. I moved um, to Texas for a medical job um, before getting into the space. Uh, both as a content creator, like whether it was part-time and just making a little side scratch or doing this full-time, like I was a full-time pediatric oncology nurse. I worked for St. Jude for about 14 years. Um, We moved to Dallas as um, I was taking a a nurse manager job. And um, we moved here and really all that came out of, man, I really love fantasy 
now we're moving. Now I've got a little bit extra free time. Like we ain't got a lot of friends around here. Um, what are we going to do with all the free time? And my wife and I love fantasy and we were super into it. And like one day, I remember like one night I was just sitting up, I think I was like playing call of duty or something. I was like, man, you know, like, I wonder if I could like try to write about this. Cause I was always so obsessed with it. And like, I was just like, man, like why not? So I went out to Best Buy the next day, bought the cheapest piece of crap, like Chromebook I could find, which funny <laughs> enough, I actually wrote on that. I used that that uh, Chromebook in all of its glory. I still have it. I used it all the way up until I got hired at Fantasy Bros. So long time. Um, and are you, you going to frame that thing? <laughs> I, dude, it's 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 still in a case uh, somewhere. I think like underneath my desk. It's um, it's got you, stickers. It's beat up to heck and back. It's you, it's you can frame it like you know you go into a restaurant <laughs> or a bar and they have the first dollar they ever made. You know back there. <laughs> You do the same thing. The first computer it, I ever had. That would be beautiful. Computer. That would be beautiful. Uh, and so I, I went out and I bought it and I was just like, I, so I got on, I was on Twitter already and not, not just like big personalities, but I, I still remember to this day, two people I DM'd out of the blue, uh, Michael Hoff and Anthony Servino, who at the time, uh, they're doing really fantastic stuff with FF Face Off. But at the time, they were writing for a site called Gridiron Experts. And I was like, man, I was like, how, how, who, who, who do I talk to about this? Like, how do I get my foot in the door? Like, what does that look like? Like, and I had no clue, man. Like, I was like, and the funny thing about it is like, when you start trying to produce your own content, and I think it's a little bit more straightforward about like, I guess like data things and things like now, but like back then I was just like, I don't even know where to go to like find stats and information to even use in articles, you know? And it was like, so not only it was like trying to figure out how do you do that? How do you even research something like that? And where do you find information to even write about this stuff intelligently, you know? And so that was a, a a struggle at the beginning, but also like just getting into the space, man. And like, so one thing led to another, bought the Chromebook, um, started doing articles and I wrote for like everywhere, man. Like I, people used to joke, I was like some kind of like hired assassin, like, but like for me, like the beginning of it. And then like, once I got not even a lot of traction, just like once I was able to write a few articles for places and I was able to like, and it wasn't much, but I was able to make like some, some side hustle money. And mm -hmm. I was like, you know, can I do this to where I can make just enough money? Like whatever, if this is like covering Christmas for the family every year, right. then cool, you know, whatever it's worth the extra time, much less like, is it a consistent side hustle? And like I'm able to help my family out or I can put money back or whatever, or save for my kid's college, whatever I want to do with that, you know? And so I kept just like writing for different places. Like, and it was like, and you know, like just trying to get more eyes on the content. Like I wrote for gridiron experts. Um, I started out at a, at a, at a company now, uh, like shout out again to my dude, Willie, uh, fantasy football, 24 seven, who I think Willie's still out there in the space that you're selling, fantasy draft kits and stuff. But back then, like I was, it grew into where I kind of fell backwards into 
not only writing, but the first few places I reached out to, they were like, Hey, would you want to do podcasting? And I was like, Oh geez. Like, I don't even know what the <laughs> heck do I do with that? Like, yeah. I don't even know. Like, what do I do for a mic? Like, what do I do for that? Like, I, I, I had never done anything like whether it was writing or like talking on air about anything. Like I didn't go to school for any of this stuff. I was a freaking nursing major, man. Like, you know, like I didn't, I didn't go to school for any of this stuff. Like legit now, like what puts food on my family's table is me writing and doing content. Like this is my full-time job, but like, like I'm also the same guy that like in my life, I've legitimately only read like maybe two books cover to cover, like all these books <laughs> behind me. That's my wife. My wife is the reader. Like I, I you know, whatever I'm a fake, but like, I, I, I never like looked at myself as like, I wasn't an English major. I didn't do journalism. I didn't do sports media. I didn't do all any of these things. And so like just to write stuff was an adventure. And not only to write stuff, but do on-air content or video or any of those things. Like, I ain't taking classes for any of this stuff, man. It's honestly between YouTube and looking at other creators in the space and saying, okay, I like their content. What about their content do I like? Right. What 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 is it about, about their content or them that draws me in? And it's like, okay, authenticity um how well researched or how the delivery or whatever you know and for me it's been just a constant evolution and learning process and that's still a learning process now man and i'm like I, i'm a big believer in that it's like whenever you get to a point that you think you cannot get any better at what you're doing or you don't have things that you can still improve upon or still learn then you, one of two things either you're full of shit and you're kidding yourself or in tandem you're gonna get passed by by somebody else you know yep. because you don't think you think you're at the top of the mountain there's nothing else that you can improve on and that that's first of all that's bullshit like that's not true there's always something we could be doing better and whether that's i mean however you want to attack that you want to look at that like that's a fallacy. You can always get better at whatever you're right. doing, whatever your craft is. So, I mean, just long winded way, man, like this has been a winding road for me and a lot of different places. And it went from a side hustle to maybe I could do that as a career, but I didn't, I mean, honestly, in my wildest dreams that I ever sit here and think like, yeah, you know, six, seven years down the road, I'm going to quit being a nurse I'm going to talk about football for a living. I'm going to go evaluate prospects. I'm going to go to the senior bowl. I'm going to go to all these different things. Did I ever think any of that was possible? Hell no. Like, right. And, and I'm, I'm not like, I'm not making this up. This is not me trying to like, Oh, I'm trying to sound humble. Like I'm being real. Like I, I still feel blessed to do this on a daily basis. And sometimes you get lost in the sauce of like life and the busyness and, and all the time we put into to putting out the best thing that we can. And you can lose sight of that sometimes, but at the core of it, am I still like absolutely floored 
that anybody gives a crap about what I have to say about anything. Yeah, I, I, I still am. I believe it, man. You, you talked a little bit about authenticity and authenticity in, in, in content, authenticity in your, your takes that you put out. But the same thing, you know, it, it sounds like, oh, maybe you just make it. You're, you're trying to make yourself seem humble. It's real. It's real. I share the same journey. I can't believe that I'm sitting here getting to talk to a big time fantasy football analyst. God, shut it. Don't even, yourself. Don't even. Don't even. <laughs> this is this, this is where you're at, though. You think about the fantasy football space as a general, and I get to talk about football, right? And mm-hmm. I get to generate. You know, I'm in the uh, the side hustle stage. I get to generate a little bit of income for my family to do stuff by talking mm-hmm. about football. And it's just me being me. I don't have to fake it. I don't yep. have to put on a persona to do it. I don't uh, I don't need to do any of the extra stuff. This, the other add-on on top of that, not to cut you off, Mike, was like, you shouldn't have Correct. to. Correct. The, the, if you're putting on the face and painting this on for people, or you're stepping out and you're being anything less than 100% yourself, yes. you're doing it wrong. Like... That is not what you need to be doing. Like for better or worse, be yourself because there are days when you're going to wake up and you're tired, you're salty, whatever. Like, I don't know. Like you just walked outside and like, it's raining and and you're pissed off at the world. I don't know. But like, you gotta be yourself like for better or worse. Like people can sniff out the fact of like, when you're not being yourself and you're being less than like genuine, it, it just just be yourself like why is it that hard man it is and it's so i've done some guest spots right probably not the uh the amount that you have right the absolute legend that you are yourself over here god stop but, stop. <laughs> but don't you when you do these guest spots like Jeez. like when somebody comes on and the first time that they let out a cuss word <coughs> the first time they say the word fuck and you go oh we're on this kind of show perfect I can be myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you're always trying to watch your words, you know, you're, you're not letting it flow the way you would if we yeah. were actually having this conversation at a bar somewhere, right? Yep. If Mike and Derek were hanging out at the bar talking about, man, Keenan Allen was a fucking value all offseason. <laughs> Look at this guy. Who cares mm-hmm. that he's old? Who cares that he ran a four nine forty or whatever the fuck it was back in the day? This dude in this offense is an absolute unit. <laughs> stud. Mm-hmm. Like those are the kind of conversations you want to have that are authentic and that people gravitate towards. And I would say people always ask me, like, what makes South Harmon, Mike? Like, how did you guys get to where you are? And I can honestly tell you I have no fucking clue. But the only thing I can tell you <laughs> is being authentic. And like yeah. just being ourselves, that yep. is where we started from, and that's what we're going to continue to do. And you talk about it; you're authentic and you're 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 humble. And I can see exactly where you're coming from. Like you would have never imagined this years ago. Would it, it probably still gets you when you meet somebody new who doesn't know who the fuck you are? You mm-hmm. meet new people, whether it's at <clears> a <throat> wedding, a family function, whatever. You you meet somebody in the fucking airport, Derek, and they ask you what you do for a living. That question comes up. Isn't I try, it still I try to side, like, oh. I sidestep that question, dude. <laughs> I, I sidestep that question. Oh my lord. I I'm so bad about it, dude. I yes. I sidestep that question. And it's not like it's not like when most people will be like, 
Oh, dear. Once they know that you're a fantasy football creator, that's all they want to talk to you about. No, dude. That is not why I sidestep that question. I sidestep that question just the same way I'm sidestepping all all these all this glittering generalities you're tossing at me right now because I legit feel like the kid at the birthday party opening a present and I feel awkward. Like I feel like everybody's eyes are on me when that subject gets brought up or, or people say positive things. Like I feel like, like I feel my own skin crawl. Like I, I just feel awkward. Like I will have, I will have imposter syndrome until the day I die. It's just, it is what it is. And I'm just, I'm just trying to keep it real, man. Like I, I do not mention nine times out of 10, unless I impressed what I do for a living. And I, I just don't like my wife brings it up more than I do. And I'm like, like people will walk away and I'm like, why did you just bring that up? And she's like, well, I'm proud of you. Yeah. I'm like, I know, but they didn't have to know it. Like, I'm fine if we didn't have that conversation. It's cool. Like, whatever. Like, (laughs) we ain't got to talk about it, man. Like, it does. It. it, I still feel really awkward. Like, I'm not out here, like, puffing my chest out, like, wearing Fantasy Pros shirts to, like, every, you know, function and thing. And I'm, like, wearing a name tag and saying, hi, I'm uh, blah, blah, blah from Twitter. Like, no. Like, I still feel awkward about it, man. Like, keeping it real. Self-promotion is one of the hardest things to do oh dude it's it really is it is and it's like because my whole thing is like i i want to be myself and i want to be authentic and that's the only way that i know like and to me i like some of the things that you do also like as far as like tooting your own horn about stuff and i know I, i i kick it up to 11 out on social media and stuff but i i do that a lot to sit here and fire back at consensus and stuff and You know, so people, I think, look at me like I'm extremely arrogant in how I approach things. And, dude, I, I'm i not arrogant about this stuff. I, I, I'm very passionate about my process or players that I believe in or the conviction and the takes that I put out there. And to me, it's not an arrogance thing. Like, I think I'm always going to be right regardless. That, that That's not it at all. It's like, for me if I'm not going to believe what I'm telling somebody, then why shouldn't anybody else out there believe anything that I'm saying? Like if I don't believe it, what do you want me to do? Sell you a bag of goods that I don't even believe in. Like I'm not trying to sell you anything to be honest. I'm not trying to sell anybody anything when it comes down to it. I'm putting my thoughts out there on paper in the airwaves on video and stuff and agree with it or not. That's up to you. I, I, I'm not out there making your lineup decisions. I'm not out there telling you who to draft. I'm putting my thoughts out there in the space and I'm going to do so energetically and I'm going to do so with passion because if I don't believe what I'm saying, why should you believe what I'm saying? 100%. But think people think probably, that's arrogance. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's just me being loud. It's me being the mouth of the South. It's me being whatever it's it's me having energy and loving what i'm doing now you can call that arrogance all you want to but it's not arrogance i don't think that i'm always right i really do not people think too you know the the the, you could have a take for multiple weeks and they're like see Mm -hmm. you just never change it's take lock it's like well sometimes i need time 
I need time to see. We're processing new information, man. 100%. Always like, you know, and some of that is like, is there still a path? And the other part about that is continuing to grow as an analyst, a content creator, like yep. all these different things. Like, you know, can I count up the L's? Like, should I gotten off the sky more bandwagon earlier? Yeah. I mean, right now the early returns. Absolutely. Should I have been worried about Justin Fields? You know, um, I yep. am worried. Um, do I think that he's been sabotaged by that team and the scheme and stuff like that? Oh, I firmly believe that. Is that meaning that I'm not going to own up to the fact that he's not playing good football? No, I, I don't think that he's playing good football. But I think there's a lot of context around Correct. a lot of these things to where, yes, there are learning opportunities as an analyst, as a content creator. There are also spots where people get caught up in the, 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 I want to pound the table for a player so much, or I want to shade a player so much that they don't care about the context surrounding said players production. Yeah. Yep. And it, it's like, Oh, to the moon, you know, or, or, Oh, that guy's just, he's, he's horrible. And it's like, Oh man, like you need to understand there's a lot of moving parts to this yes. and it's a team sport and receivers can't throw themselves the ball quarterbacks can't block for themselves um quarterbacks are not dialing up their own plays and not designing the scheme like there are so many parts or pieces to how all of these players whether they produce or they don't there's so much that goes into that on uh, on so many different levels and that's why you see players when they go to different situations and a coach uses them how they should have been utilized the entire time or you see players that that flash later in their career because they've been stuck in a myriad of bad situations, like like a la like Cordell Patterson. You know, he had the run last year and stuff like that. And we saw what he could do. It's like, well, should we have should NFL teams not have used him in similar manners yeah. in his entire career? It's like 100%. The, the NFL screws it up a lot of different times. Like, so do content creators and us as analysts. Like the NFL doesn't get it right all 100% of the time. So the, the fact that like, people believe that that content creators and NFL analysts should be 100%, you're asking something that even NFL talent evaluators don't even do. But you expect this out of your fantasy content creators? Right. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You got, you got Raheem Mostert out here in his 30s, you know, looking yep. like he's in the prime of his career. Just absolutely looking like a stud geno smith having a, a career revival puka yeah. nakua is out there being a wide receiver one like geno you know, smith year seven breakout like who had that on yeah. the bingo card yeah who knew that exactly. was gonna happen gary barnages of the world in previous years like there's just it's every year and it's different walks of of life for these players and like different situations and maybe they were flashing in the pan maybe they were never used correctly like ever you know, so it's it's a lot of different things, man. We shouldn't be that surprised either. I mean, shout out to Iowa guy Kurt Warner, right, from bagging groceries yeah. in his mid twenties at High V, yep. which uh, for those of you listening in the Midwest, you know exactly what High V is. <laughs> to uh, you know, now he's a Hall Tom Brady, Brock Hall Purdy, like These over guys. and over yep. and over and over again. Austin Eckler, like we could go down the list, man. It's just it the, the NFL is littered. Yep. With with multiple multiple players that either produce or don't produce, and there are so many things around 
their situation that you have to account for that we're going to get right and we're going to get it wrong. This this is why too. I think it's so important. And I wanted to highlight because so many people will come after it. they see one bad take, right? The Justin Fields mm-hmm. thing. They for me, it's always been the Brock Purdy thing. Like I am reluctant to buy into Brock Purdy. I am reluctant to buy into Brock. Partly because he played at Iowa State, right? Like, I got that bias. You know, fuck yeah. the Cyclones. Can't stand him. Hate him to death. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I hate him. Can't stand him. But, like, they see those one takes and they're like, see? see? You don't even know what the hell you're talking about. But they won't list off all the W's. And for you, talking about Puka oh, man. Talk about Sammy Ballgame, right? Like, these are just ones mm-hmm. from this year. Nobody wants to highlight the W's. I'll highlight them, Derek. <laughs> I'll <laughs> highlight the W's. Just like I'm going to highlight my Tua W forever. <laughs> oh, dude. Hey, we've been out here for, for many a day talking about <laughs> Tua. And the funny thing is, is Tua goes out and he puts up top 12 numbers in every efficiency metric last year. And then people yeah. are like, well, what about those concussions? Or, well, it's just the receivers around him. I'm sorry. Did I miss the retirement papers on Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle? I thought <laughs> they were still, still going to be in Miami this year. Uh, did his head coach leave? Okay, no. Nope. Then what are why we talking we about like, here? Why don't we like him? <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it, again, that's where we talk about like the consensus ideas around players. And, you know, it's like, Everybody gets so caught up in, I want to be the first to make the joke about how Tua can't throw deep. And apparently, like, once I've dug my heels in on that so deep, I can never go back and give him his flowers for how well he's playing. Like, I've just, I've I've sewn myself too deep into that. I can't ever go back. I'm like, come on, man. We're all going to be wrong. (laughs) We're going to be wrong. Like, get over it. Like, we are going to get things wrong. For as much as I got to a right, like I was not a big rock party believer. Like I, I'm with you, like, you know, and he keeps, if he keeps doing what he's doing, I'm going to be wrong on that. Yep. You know, it's like, but there are so many different parts of pieces. I love the part uh, that you brought up here um, about it, it. It is, it's tough. And I, and I think that the space has changed. Um, we, we talked about this before we turned the cameras on and stuff. I think looking at how the space was six, seven years ago when I got into it versus how the space is now. And maybe I'm just getting old and maybe I'm just getting jaded or maybe I'm just the old man yelling at clouds. But there is a lot out there about people just love to try to bury content creators for every take that they get wrong or they miss. And they don't look at the volume of the takes that people out there and people are like, well, you know, like I get it all the time. Well, you, you talk about so many different players. Of course, you're going to have so many different hits. It's like, dude, we all talk about so many different players. And the fact of it is, is that like, it's not true 100% across the board, but there's a fair amount out there where it's like, you know, people are more quick to, to grab the keyboards whenever it's something negative. They could say about a take that you put out there, than the flip side of the coin and saying, Hey, you know what? Y'all got this right. You know, and that's, that's not just me. That's every content creator. And, you know, I, I'm not saying all content creators are out here saying, you know, give us a pat on the back and stuff like that. But I could sure as heck tell you the amount of pats on the back versus the amount of like 
people trying to kick you in the teeth. It is much more um, on the side of people trying to kick you in the teeth. Um, well, the, the energy just, level, the energy level from the kick in the teeth sides usually turned up to 10 or 11 itself. Well, it, it's true though, man. And it's like, you know, there are reasons why like I've closed my DMs. There are reasons why like, you know, now I don't do this all the time, but I will mute a lot of tweets I put out in the space, but for my own mental health sake, because believe it, believe it. it just, you know, like I want to help people and I want to sit here and do my due diligence to do the best work that I can to help people in this space of a game about a game. And, but it's also true that like, there's a lot of things that people, if I showed half of my DMS of the reason why I closed my DMS to people, they would be appalled at the things that, that get sent um, behind the curtain, behind closed doors with the anonymity of a burner account or your name isn't on your account and the things that people will say to you, it is, it would, it would shock some people, but you don't hear content creators out here posting screenshots about that or talking about that on the daily basis. You don't hear anybody talking about that because it's just like, well, you got it wrong. You're supposed to just own up and deal with it. Trust me. We all know without anybody having to tell us all the things that we get wrong. Okay. That, that we all know, because like I said, if you're following your own advice, if, if you talked about a player and they underperform, they get hurt, things happen, whatever, you know, you're wrong about a player. Trust me. If you're following your own advice on it and you drafted a lot of that player, or you're, you know, like whatever, like you believe in, in the analysis that you put out there and you're following your own advice. We don't need anybody to tell us how we got wrong or how bad it was. We already know. Trust me. We know. <laughs> we know. Trust me. I, uh, you're watching the game and you're going, damn it. I can't believe I did this. <laughs> I can't believe yeah, I, mean, I, I can't believe I spent all this draft capital on Justin Fields. Yeah, I weeks believe, one, weeks oh. two. When I saw Sky Moore out there just not oh, garnering no. targets, Travis Kelsey's out or he's banged up and he's not looking like, you know, at this moment, like he could step up and be the guy that like I've hoped that he could be. You know, could he eventually do that? It's possible. Yeah. But the early returns and you marry that with his rookie season, it's not looking promising and stuff. So, like, yes, I'm watching him and I'm looking at all my dynasty squads with Sky Moore on it. And I firmly understand. I'm like, wow, you know, like I could have got this really wrong. Like, I know that people know that content creators know that without anybody having to, yeah. you know, say any level of, you know, whether it's just tongue in cheek or horrible, heinous stuff to them. <laughs> we don't have to hear it. Trust me. We know, we know. And it's the internet too. We don't get a whole lot of context behind, uh, behind text, right? We yeah. don't know if you're, like you said, tongue in cheek or whether it's actually coming from a place of hate, but, uh, Derek, good conversation, man. Over an hour. I really appreciate you coming on. Tell, tell everybody where they can find you at and what you're working on. What's your schedule look like for a week? You know, we're, <laughs> we're in the, I know it's ridiculous, but where can they find you? You know, where can they tap in, tune into you? Oh, dude. First of all, thank you for having me on this, man. This was a, a wonderful little therapy session on the couch talking to one of, one of my, <laughs> my best buds in the industry. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I love. I'm going to change the name of this show to Dr. McNutted. Maybe we'll call that. <laughs> Like, think I could do that? I, 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 like, I, I don't even need to see the graphics that you're going to put out there. When if that happens, that just, it's, it's better. 
it's better better off if I've left in the dark on that. Um, but man, first of all, shout out to you and what you're doing here. Um, shout out to you and all the South Harmon boys. Like what y'all are doing is absolutely awesome. Um, carving your own path, the way that you're doing it with that authenticity, with the level of conviction, whether with just, I mean, all the parts are pieces, man. Um, big, big fan of it. And um, so that has to get brought up here first, man. But all the content for people I don't like, I don't like my flowers either. Right? Well, guess what? You getting them, you getting them. You ain't got to Hey, you don't have a chance to bring them back. Okay. Just like you're yeah. going to bring it up with me. I'm going to sit here and hand them to you and you're going to, you're going to smell them, smell the roses. I don't want to. So too bad. You already got them. You can't bring them back. This isn't, a, this isn't an edible arrangement. You just leave out in the sun. Damn it. Okay. Yeah. Chew on that. Anyway. But as far as all the content, man, it's all over at Fantasy Pros, main podcast, all my work. Um, Primer's out every Thursday, which is my 20,000-word love letter on the week. Um, I pour my heart and soul into that article every single week. I spend, oh, man, 40-plus hours at least writing that article on a weekly basis. Um and yeah, man, I mean, between that, um, all the, the dynasty work, I mean, all my things, all the stuff is over at fantasy pros, um, and people should be checking out all the work. It's not just me. I mean, I think we are doing amazing work there, whether you're talking about Joey P, um, on the ones and twos, you're talking about Sam Hoppin with the data, you're talking about Andrew Erickson and what he's doing in the player prop markets and the betting, uh, the betting primer this year is just hands down amazing. Um, it, it's just, it's. I feel really blessed to work with what I consider to be an extremely talented and amazing set of humans over at fantasy pro. So if you don't like me, if you listen to this podcast then whatever, I ain't your cup of tea, check out the content from the boys over there, as well as um, Kelly is doing amazing work over there. Kelly Kirby. Um, she's one of the sharpest people in the industry. Her projections are freaking fantastic. Tara over there is doing amazing work. She is a rising star in this industry. And I do not use that like offhand. She truly is. So if you're not checking out my work over fantasy pros, please check out the team. They are doing the Lord's work over there, like amazing stuff. They all really care about what they're doing and they're busting their ass in the process to put out the best content that they possibly can for you. Go check it out. Go check it out. That's all I can say. And uh, reach out. Reach out to Derek on Twitter. I want to see. I want to see if I got any pull here. Let's see if I can get. Oh, least... I need. I, I need that South Harmon bump, baby. No, I need I, it in my life. Oh, I want to see if I could get at least five people on Twitter to tweet at you that Derek, you look pretty. Just, <laughs> just type those words. Derek, <coughs> you look pretty. All right, I'm gonna say this first of all. Fizzle, if you're listening to this. You don't count in the five, okay? I already we 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 talk a lot, okay? So <laughs> five other five other people, five not other named people. Mike, Fizzle, or Adam, okay? Right. You can't be you can't actually be affiliated or a a contractor of South Harmon. <laughs> you don't count. <laughs> I had to shout out Fizzle at least once on this show. Shout out Fizzle and all the awesome stuff he's doing in the space, man. Love that the, dude as the, well. This is a test for our Savage members, our patron members. How, how how long you stuck with the show? If you can make it to the end here. I want you to tweet at Derek. <laughs> you look pretty. Let's <laughs> see, oh. see if we can see if we can brighten this day oh. just on a random Tuesday sometime. My mentions. <laughs> we'll get oh. this treaded. We'll get you look pretty trending on trending on the. On well, I got rid of. Finally, I kicked the joke to the side, so I got rid of uh, 
my AK ugly John Daigle uh, on my on my name on Twitter. I finally got rid of it. Um, Same. And uh, for anybody, if you want the inside story about all that, I know we've gone an, uh, an hour plus, but there's a great inside story on that one. So you know, tweet at me, hit me up. We 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 can we can chat about it. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. I appreciate everybody tapping in. Thanks again, Derek, for coming on. It's always good chopping it up with oh, you. Thanks, good buddy. friend in the space. And I really like what you're doing over there. A real dude, real authentic, and uh, it's kind of like that uh, Wolf of Wall Street movie. Like I feel like Google Gobble one of us. Google Gobble oh, one shit. of us. <laughs> He's an honorary shithead. <laughs> Don't make there. me start pounding my chest. <laughs> He's an honorary sh- shithead. So appreciate everybody tapping in. I'll see you back here same time, same place next week. Uh, looks like we'll be having special guest Nate Liss on the South Harmon Spotlight oh. next week for episode 7. So make sure you check that one out too. But thanks, Derek. We'll see everybody later. Mm-hmm.